Welcome to the Albany Update with Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Now with this week's Albany Update, here's Jason McGuire. Good morning. Well, this is the next stop on the journey to let the nation know that this is the state of New York and we will protect a woman's right to a safe and legal abortion. Governor Kathy Hochul has served as governor of New York for just over a year. During her tenure, the governor has signed six pro-abortion bills into law, has directed millions of dollars in state funding to abortion providers, has called for the passage of a state constitutional amendment to buttress abortion rights, has described pro-lifers as Neanderthals, and has said that pro-life candidates for office should get out of town and jump on a bus and head down to Florida where they belong. Well, to put it mildly, Governor Hochul's performance in regards to sanctity of life issues has been nothing short of dreadful. But on October 12th, Governor Hochul's abortion extremism reached a repugnant new level. On that date, the governor announced at an event held at a church building that the state of New York had awarded $13.4 million to 37 abortion providers for the purpose of helping them expand abortion access. In so doing, the governor had the audacity to assert that God supports abortion. Early in her remarks, the governor said this. So I commend you and to everyone involved in this congregation for inspiring us and letting us know that God is out there on our side as we continue to make sure that women have the rights that they are, that are God-given rights. The governor added that light does prevail over darkness. And while there has been a darkness cast over our nation in the aftermath of the overturning of Roe v. Wade, at least according to the governor, she said let that light continue to shine right here in the state of New York. Governor Hochul asserted that freedom has been under assault since the Supreme Court rendered its decision in Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization. The governor described abortion providers as heroes providing compassionate care to people, claimed that pro-life laws in other states have caused trauma, and stated without evidence that abortion facilities have been attacked since Dobbs was released. Near the end of her speech, the governor made the following comments. All of you, the doctors, the advocates, the champions, the elected officials, will look back at this time and know, be able to tell your children and grandchildren, I stood up. I stood up against what was happening, the assault on women's lives. You carry the torch that has been passed to all of us. It's our responsibility, it's our moral responsibility to continue to fight. So yes, as sad as it is that a fight that became in earnest during my mother's early years as a young mother up in Buffalo, a right that I took for granted, that my daughter took for granted, my little granddaughter Sophia cannot take for granted. And I never foresaw a world where this would happen. That is the reality we're living with right now. But we don't give up. We don't give up because we will fight to make sure that no one ever touches these rights right here and we'll be that beacon of hope, we'll be that safe harbor for women all across this nation. It starts at the providers and the grants that we have for them to do their jobs and any way we can support you. You can count on us, count on New York to be there for all of you. Well, as you can imagine, that is troubling to hear, but I felt it important for you to hear that in the governor's own voice. Governor Kathy Hochul has embraced wicked lies about who God is, about the nature of human life, and about the meaning of the word compassion. 
The governor's words and actions regarding abortion bring two scriptures to mind. In Isaiah 5.20, God says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And then there's Romans 1.32, where it speaks of God's wrath against sinners who not only engage in evil deeds, but have pleasure in the evil deeds of others. Let us pray that the Lord will change our governor's heart so that her soul can be saved through a relationship with Jesus, and so that the lives of New York's unborn children will not continue to be sacrificed on the altars of lust, power, and convenience. Now let me tell you about another story, something else that is happening in Governor Kathy Hochul's New York. Before New York legalized recreational marijuana in March 2021, some marijuana advocates argued that legalization would reduce or eliminate the black market in marijuana, and would therefore reduce or eliminate the violent crimes that often accompany drug trafficking. At the time, that argument was less than persuasive. However, recent events in the city of Rochester have drawn it into serious doubt. On July 21st of 2022, Rochester officer Anthony Mazurkowitz was shot and killed in the line of duty. At the time of the shooting, Officer Mazurkowitz and his partner were engaging in undercover surveillance following a rash of violent crimes. Officer Mazurkowitz's partner, Officer Sino Seng, was also shot, as was a 15-year-old girl who was nearby. The Rochester Police Department contends that the violence arose from a dispute between two rival street gangs, the Bloods and the Crips, over illegal marijuana sales. The RPD asserts that the dispute led to five or more shootings, four murders, and three arsons during a five-day period in July. RPD Lieutenant Greg Bellow told WHEC.com that marijuana is legal in small amounts for people to possess and for recreational use. Lieutenant Bellow added, but there's nowhere legal for it to be bought or sold, so it's created a giant black market. According to 13wham.com, RPD Chief David Smith stated that we have so much unregulated marijuana and people are making a lot of money off of it, and it leads to violence, it leads to feuds. During the course of their investigation, the RPD has seized 22 guns and approximately 139 pounds of marijuana. Kelvin Vickers of Boston has been charged with the murder of Officer Mazurkowitz and with two other murders. According to the Democrat and Chronicle, all three murders of which Vickers is accused occurred within one 48-hour period. Vickers is alleged to be an out-of-state hired gun who came to Rochester for the purpose of engaging in gang violence. At an October 4th press conference, RPD Captain Frank Burrito commented, Everybody says marijuana is a non-violent crime, right? Well, let's tell that to all the people that got shot during this investigation, all over marijuana. So anybody who says marijuana is a nonviolent crime, you're wrong, and this is clear evidence of that. Now, the Flower City isn't the only place that we're seeing violence across our state. On October 9th, two 17-year-old boys were shot outside the Shirley home of Representative Lee Zeldin. The boys have been identified as Joel Murphy and Elijah Robinson of Mastic, and they each suffered chest wounds and other injuries. Representative Zeldin, who is running for governor of New York on the Republican Party and Conservative Party lines, has twin 16-year-old daughters. While Representative Zeldin and his wife Diana were out at a Columbus Day parade at the time of the shooting, 
their daughters, Michaela and Ariana, were at home doing schoolwork. Representative Zeldin told the New York Post that a bullet landed approximately 30 feet from where his daughters were sitting. When they heard the shots, the girls locked themselves in a bathroom and called 911 in the immediate aftermath of the shootings. Zeldin said, My daughters are shaken, but okay. Like so many New Yorkers, crime has literally made its way to our front door. The shooting is being investigated as a possible instance of gang violence. It does not appear to be connected to the Zeldin family. In response to this news, Christian New Yorkers are invited to pray. First, please pray for the recovery of the two shooting victims. Second, please pray for the apprehension of those responsible for the shootings. Third, please pray that Representative Zeldin's daughters would recover from this traumatic incident. Fourth, please pray for the safety of Representative Zeldin and his family, as well as the safety of all other New York elected officials and their loved ones. The reality is that policy matters, and whether it's the policy regarding abortion and the violence of it, or it's the policy regarding marijuana in our state that has led to this illegal black market and the deaths of multiple individuals, or even the shooting outside of a representative of Congress's home, policies matter. There's an election coming up. The election will be held on November 8th. Early voting starts on October 29th. And when you vote, I pray you will remember that policy matters and support candidates that will make our state a safer place to live and raise our families. And so speaking of the election, there are a couple of key races I'd like to highlight today. One is a state Senate race taking place in New York's 9th Senate District. It's located in Nassau County in Long Island. Following redistricting, the redrawn 9th District includes the entire city of Long Beach and the southwestern portion of the town of Hempstead. The current 9th Senate District is represented by Democratic Senator Todd Kaminsky, who is not seeking re-election. Belrose Village Manager Ken Moore is running for state Senate in the 9th District as the candidate of the Democratic and the Working Families Party. According to LIHerald.com, Moore is a retired member of Sheet Metal Workers Union Local 28. He is also a retired firefighter. Moore has reportedly served as mayor of Belrose for three years. His campaign website indicates that he previously served four terms as a village trustee. Moore has stated that if elected, he will keep taxes down, combat wasteful spending, push for funding for first responders, work against climate change, and support gun reforms, such as strengthening red flag laws, closing sale loopholes, and restricting the sale of police and military equipment. Melvern Village Trustee Patricia Kenzarazi Fitzpatrick is the candidate of the Republican and Conservative parties in the 9th Senate District. Kenzaniri Fitzpatrick is an accountant and an attorney in private practice. She and her father are partners at a Melvern law firm, and she specializes in estate planning. Kanzanary Fitzpatrick has reportedly served as a Malvern Village trustee since 2011. Her campaign website states that she will oppose efforts to defund the police, fight excessive spending, reduce taxes, protect star rebates, and push for answers about Governor Andrew Cuomo's cover-up of COVID-19 nursing home deaths. While Kanzanary Fitzpatrick supports full repeal of the state's cashless bail law, more favors giving judges more discretion in bail decisions. Unfortunately, both candidates support abortion rights. And then there's the state Senate race in the 61st Senate District. Located in western New York, the newly redrawn 61st District 
includes the Erie County towns of Amherst, Grand Island, and Tonawanda, as well as the city of Tonawanda and the northwestern portion of the city of Buffalo. Due to redistricting, this race pits two incumbent state senators against each other. These two senators are Senator Sean Ryan, a Buffalo Democrat, who represents Senate District 60, and Senator Ed Rath, a Republican from Amherst, who represents Senate District 61. Senator Ryan was first elected to the state Senate in 2020. Prior to his Senate service, Senator Ryan represented District 149 in the New York State Assembly from 2011 to 2020. On his campaign website, Senator Ryan describes himself as a vocal advocate for common-sense gun laws, a champion for reproductive choice, a proud ally of the LGBTQ community, and a steadfast supporter of voting reform. His record in Albany includes votes for the Reproductive Health Act, the Gender Expression Non-Discrimination Act, the Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act, the Pregnancy Center Report Law, and the Equality Amendment, which would enact a constitutional ban on discrimination based on, you guessed it, even abortion rights. Like Senator Ryan, Senator Rath was first elected to the state Senate in 2020. Before being elected to the Senate, Senator Rath served in the Erie County Legislature for 13 years. The senator voted against the Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act and against the Pregnancy Center Report Law, but he did vote to support the Equality Amendment. Early voting begins October 29th and continues until November 6th of 2022. Election Day is on Tuesday, November 8th. You have been listening to the Albany Update, hosted by the Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms exists to influence legislation and legislators for the Lord Jesus Christ. To learn more about this ministry, issues you've heard on the program, or to make a financial contribution in support of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, visit albanyupdate.com or call 585-225-2340. Additionally, you can mail correspondence to P.O. Box 107, Spencerport, New York, 14559. You can receive the latest legislative updates at facebook.com slash albanyupdate, follow New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms on Twitter at albanyupdate, or sign up to receive the weekly Albany Update email by texting the word FREEDOM to 22828.